Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. And this is the podcast where my sister and I talk about movies we grew up watching. But we're not going to do that this time. (laughs) (laughs) First, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2021. Oh, man. How's that feeling? Not a any little, different. Not, not any, any different, different, right? <laughs> no, not much has changed. No, Time okay. is a flat circle, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's a con- it's a construct, right? Yeah. No, but so for this episode, um, we're going to talk about something that Nancy did last year. Now we have mentioned this on previous episodes that Nancy was going doing a movie watching project where she was attempting to watch a movie for every day of the year. 300 and well 365 but 366 because last year was a leap year nancy you exceeded that yep i got how many movies did you watch last year um 372 wow yep so before we start talking about all the movies that you watched now we're not going to talk about all of them because we don't have time for that we don't want to bore people and we've already talked about a number of them in our podcasts previous episodes right exactly because those counted yes first of all (laughs) when did you start this project like january 1st 2020 were you like this year boom one of my goals is going to be i'm gonna watch a movie for every day this year no because i think i was still deep in a office rewatch i had never finished the office like i had those last two seasons that no one ever really watched after um Steve Carell left, so I was deep in a complete office rewatch. And then I moved over to doing a complete binge of the other NBC workplace show called Superstore. So I was just watching movies here and there, but primarily just for the podcast. I wasn't really in the mood to do a lot of movies. Um, I traveled a lot at the beginning of the year, so I wasn't really home a lot, or just things were busy. So no, the reason I started this was because of quarantine and being, you know, doing shelter in place and just being at home all the time. And by May, I realized that even though I have, you know, thousands of hours of TV shows I could watch, there was something about being stuck at home all the time, doing the same thing over and over again. And then if I was to just watch the same show over and over again, it wouldn't feel like there was a lot of uniqueness to time. So I was like, you know what? There's this other thing I like doing, and it's called watching movies. So in May, I decided to start really looking at all of the streaming and on-demand services I have and just start really looking at what is offered. And I didn't actually start counting the movies, though, until June 1st. And as of June 1st, wow, <laughs> that was number 69 was the very first number. And at that point... How, was, how, I was so how did you know? Behind. Well, but how did you know what you had previously watched? How did you remember? Did you just like, how, did you, did, were you writing them down as you watched them or, you well, know, before then? Well, the podcast episodes, for sure, I knew. That was easy because we had all of our episodes around. There were a couple that I just remembered having watched. But then in May, when I was looking up all the different services and stuff, I did write down all of the ideas of things I wanted and like, when do they expire? When a movie expires is often a reason why I will watch it. You know, if it's mm. if it's going to be leaving whatever service I have in the next 10 days, odds are it gets shot up to the top of my priority list. Um, so in May, I started writing more down and started kind of just counting them, but not actually numbering them. It was June 1st. 152 days had passed at that point, and I was starting at 69. So I was wow. already... You know, behind. You're already behind. You know, more than 84 movies behind. Like, if I wanted the pace to be one per day, I had 84 movies I had to catch up on. Oh man! So, (laughs) so you, so you, you technically, you know, didn't really start counting this thing until June 1st. So we've got, you know, five months down at this point. So, Mm -hmm. lots, lots to make up. Yep. Luckily, movies aren't 24 hours long, so you could cram, you know, <laughs> multiple movies in a day. So um, you mentioned um, streaming services. So is that primarily how 
you would watch these movies or would you go like pull out old DVDs? I mean, there was a point in this year where there wasn't a pandemic that everyone was being forced to stay at home for. Did you see any in the theater? No. Um, The last movie I saw in the theater was Knives Out, which was at the end of December last year. And I'm going to fudge something a little bit. I count Star Wars. um, Was it the Rise of Skywalker episode nine? Is that Mm -hmm. what that one's called? I count that as a movie for this year because we included it in the podcast. So, but I technically watched at the very end of December last year. But those were the last two movies I saw in the theater. I did not go to a theater at all in 2020. Considering my opinion of that movie, I'm definitely letting that slide. Thank you. <laughs> well, and there wasn't, and, and it's not like I was going to see Because there's twice. people out there that don't want to even admit that they saw it. <laughs> Ray so Palpatine of, becomes a problem, but. We'll so, so streaming services was yeah. probably, and now, now, um, what streaming service do you think you use the most? Not like I'll we're answer, trying to get plugs here. I'll but. answer that later because I compiled a ton of data and I actually included that as one of my data points. So I'll get. Okay. I'll give you that answer later. And and so you, how did you decide what to watch when? Was it just like your mood? Whether we had to do it for the podcast? You had said something about like if it was leaving a streaming service. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. So I use. Um, Hulu and Netflix are probably the main two I use, and I added on Stars as an add-on for Hulu, which I watch a ton of stuff on Stars. I don't think I realized how much I would watch on there, but it turns out that a lot of the movies I watch are on Stars. And Hulu's really good about showing things that are going to expire. Usually within two weeks, if you go to, if you build a list, you have to build a list in Hulu of things you want to watch. But if you've built a list, and then you go to my stuff and then expiring soon, it'll show you almost chron- like chronologically what's going to leave. Mm. So that became a very common driving force Mo- for me to yeah. get to, a, get to a, a movie. It's a big motivator, yeah. 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 Um, Netflix is harder to, do, to get that. You have to usually just like dig online for an article at the beginning of a month, like what's leaving Netflix in January 2021 and kind of figure it out. But there ends up being like this kind of like investigative quality of trying to figure all this out, which is kind of fun for me because I'm very detail oriented. And of course it Mm -hmm. means putting a list together and all this stuff. So, um, I did find that Amazon is maybe one of the hardest ones to kind of get lists for and track down. So I probably watched fewer things on Amazon than I did Hulu stars and Netflix, but I also watch stuff like on HBO. Like I have a, pretty um, i have hbo and showtime and i think there's like this other service called hits um i don't know if that was encore at one point or something but um all these you know there's a variety of things that are just kind of built in on demand with my cable package so and every now and then a movie on tubi which we also (laughs) call tubby um but tubby tubby's a little challenging because it has commercials but you know what if you don't have to uh, look it up I mean, if you don't have to rent it and you don't have to pay for it or whatever, it's like commercial every now and then is not going to hurt me. So, Well, now you've got like Peacock is free. You know, you mm-hmm. can watch tons of, and that's got commercials and even um, even like Vudu and, and some of those other services. Yes. You know, there's tons of stuff out there where you can watch movies for free with commercials. So you have access to a ton of stuff. So the other thing I did though, Matt, which I don't know how many more people in America are still participating in this, but, um, I have a Netflix DVD account that I have had. I don't understand. What is that? (laughs) Matt, I started this Netflix DVD account in June, 2003. And during the course of my watching things that have just been kind of hanging out on my queue for a long time, I discovered some of my, original movies that I plugged into my DVD queue in June of 2003. Oh my gosh. And once I discovered that, that became kind of like another driving force for me was to look up, which meant like logging in and like clicking on a lot of different things, but seeing how long has this DVD request been sitting in my queue. And I think like, June 20th or June 18th of 2003 is like the oldest one. 
Wow. Well, so, so well, but that's kind of interesting. That's 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 really kind of fun, though, because then by then you could go. Well, you could look at that and be like, oh, well, that's probably streaming somewhere. And then you can just watch it. And 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 Some of them but were. it was like and, and but there's also but I think the heart. I have like this 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 male problem. This is a, I think this is more of a guy problem where yeah. like. I will go on Netflix and spend a half an hour just looking at movies and to try and figure out what I want to watch when I could have just picked something really quickly and watched it. I do that with all the streaming services. I'll just sit there and be like, oh, yeah, we've got that. We've got that. Well, I could watch that. And then like 45 minutes has gone by and I could have just been watching a movie. So I don't do that very often. I mean, I I'm a planner. We've talked about that, I think, before. Um, And because I have I, I I I'm a person who likes abundance. So my Netflix DVD queue even today is still like at the maximum 500 movies because <laughs> I, I hear about a movie and then I want to see it. And it's like, I may as well throw it in the queue as like this ongoing list of things gotcha. that I want to watch. Um, there are different ways you can add movies in either Netflix or Amazon or Hulu. And it's like, it doesn't want to remember more than your most recent 50. And it's like, Honey, I like shoved 150 titles in here. Where did the other hundred go? So right. sometimes the sometimes the lists on the streaming services are not as um, user friendly as I'd like. But again, you know, how much time can I spend just adding movies to a list versus just actually watching one? Watching them, you know. Yeah. But it becomes gotcha. part of the organizing that's fun for me. Right. So now that we have established <laughs> when you started this and how you watched these movies, I think it's time to start talking about some of these movies. Now, as you had mentioned, you do a movie podcast where for every episode you have to watch at least two movies. So how many of the movies were for the podcast? I have that number. You and I watched 73 movies for our podcast this year. Okay. And for me, 63 of those movies were rewatches, but 10 of those were brand new movies for me. I don't know. If movies that I'd never movies seen that before. I ha- that, that I that probably because I brought them up mm-hmm. because you had never seen it. Okay. Yeah. That's in, pretty cool. And in terms of rewatches versus watching a movie for the first time, when I was putting all this data together last night, I was thinking that more of the movies were first-time watches, and there were, but not by the proportion that I expected. Um, How many were first-time watches? A hundred like brand new to you. Oh, so that's really close. And then the other, it was a hundred and seventy-five were rewatches. So, so this wasn't really kind of a. Um, it wasn't necessarily a project in like disc not just a project in discovery. It was a project in just kind of like, how can I keep myself entertained? entertained? Yes. And, 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 and again, part of our whole show is about, you know, revisiting, you know, and, and going back and seeing, you know, rewatching movies anyway. Well, and, and as we've talked about many times on the show, I'm not someone that has necessarily rewatched a ton of movies because I have so many that I want to watch. It's, not time conducive for me to to rewatch the same movies over I and mean, over. I mean, you've got 500 discs and is still in your Netflix queue for discs. And that's just <laughs> Netflix discs. That's not all the other services. I mean, it's crazy. So um so of the um rewatch movies, what were some of your favorites? And it, whether we talked about it or not. So the way I counted the movies, I counted each movie watching experience as an individual. If I watched a movie more than once this year, I counted it as a second movie just because it was like each time I sat in front of the television and and watched a movie. So Karate Kid, I watched three times this year. Um, Matt and I, you and I watched it once for our podcast, and then we were guests on Laughing at Ourselves with Haley and Zach, and we had chosen that movie to talk about on their show. And then I had just watched it randomly one time over the summer. I think I was just kind of down, and I wanted to rewatch it. And I also wanted to watch Karate Kid too. So I was like, "Oh, I'm going to watch them both." Duh. So I watched that movie three times. 
I don't think I watched Tootsie officially more than once, but I, um, there were, there were, I went through spells during all of the staying at home where I wasn't sleeping very well. And the only thing I could do after tossing and turning all night was to go in the other room and turn on the TV. And sometimes Tootsie would be a movie I'd turn on and fall asleep in 20 minutes into it. And it's like, okay, that's, that's a comfort movie for me. Um, that's cool. But in terms of rewatch, what were movies that I, hmm, let's see. Because I know like on our show, there's been a couple where you've been like, oh, you know what? I want to, I want to talk about this. So I'm going to rewatch it. And then you're like, wow, I'm really glad I rewatched that. But you know, some of them, you know, some are more enjoyable than others to rewatch. Well, well and things that were not on our, um, things that we didn't talk about on the podcast. I'm sorting them by rating system here. Just, uh, while you're looking at that, mm-hmm. I know that um, some of this searching you might edit out. But while you're looking at that, I would just wanted to mention to our listeners that um, Nancy is an accountant by trade. <laughs> so she really knows her way around a spreadsheet. <laughs> and she decided to kind of put together data so she could easily sort it um, before we decided to record this episode. Um, we had, well, I had meant, I had brought up this idea to talk about the project. Like three days Nancy ago. Nancy said, <laughs> yeah, three days ago. And then Nancy said, well, let me do some, let me get some data written down. Cause I want to, I want, I have it all logged anyway. And Nancy was probably going to do this regardless of whether we recorded a podcast about it or not. But, um, we were actually supposed to record yesterday, but her eyes and her brain were so tired <laughs> from doing this. It took me like that, eight, eight um, hours to put this thing in. That we delayed the recording. And um, so that's how dedicated Nancy is to this project. <laughs> and also, I, I was really, I found it really kind of admirable in a way that you would take such care and how seriously you you <laughs> took this project i mean but i know I also... i'm not going to be audited or anything but still <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know data, there's, there's probably data accuracy <laughs> probably is very important if you're gonna if you're gonna have it you may as well have it right i'm not gonna just say but, a movie came out in the 80s when i can easily look up ex- the exact year it came out but then but then nancy you mentioned that you created your own rating system for it. I sure did. <laughs> I mean, it's not a complicated rating system. I mean, it's zero to five. You know, it's ranking at zero to five. Anything under three is what I would consider a movie I would never watch again. Or, like, not by choice, at least. Right. And then, and honestly, I'll tell you, my average rating for all the movies I watch, even the crappy ones, is, like, 3.5. Which means, okay. like, a majority of the movies I watch, like, I liked enough where, sure, if it was on again, I'd watch it. But um, in terms of what you asked, the movies that I've rewatched and what, what I may have been surprised by, um, I mean, there's a whole bunch. Like, I'm looking at my list, and, like, I have a lot that I rated, like, a four that I hadn't seen in a while. And, you know, I was, like, really happy to rewatch again. Um I would hope I would hope that if you were rewatching something, that it would be something that you wanted to rewatch. But I but like we've discovered on the show, like there's been some movies that you know we 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 watch them because we watched them when we were like seven years old, and then you're just like, yeah, at forty blah blah, blah it doesn't really <laughs> it doesn't really kind of kind of hold on hold it hold up. To, uh, to time very well. So a couple that are popping out on my list right now, because I think when I watched them originally, I didn't appreciate them as much as I appreciate them now. It's so like one of them is Perks of Being a Wallflower that came out in 2012. It's a coming of age movie with um, great Emma, movie. Emma I really Watson like that movie. and Paul Rudd. Um, I ranked it a four um, out of five. And Catch Me If You Can is another one that I know I liked it when I first saw it, but I may have had a little bit of Leo and Tom Hanks fatigue. But rewatching mm. it this year, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I like this movie. This movie is a lot of fun. It has a great soundtrack. Like, I love how smart this guy is. And it's a biopic. I mean, I yeah. love a biopic. In fact, 
I watched 50 biopics this year. Oh, is that 50. one of your categories? Wow. Matthew. I have many categories. <laughs> and I have and I have some subgenres that I don't think you would have guessed that I would come up with. Like um I have um cat and mouse as a subgenre. You know, <laughs> which can sometimes go with biopics or it can go with thrillers. Um I have women of a certain age as a subgenre, <laughs> which can go with dramas or rom-coms, such as the movie Book Club or the Blythe Danner, Martin Starr, Sam Elliott movie called I Will See You in My Dreams, which was an excellent movie. I was so glad to finally watch that movie. Um, what, what, can you define what women of a certain age would be, <laughs> like, as a category? Um, I mean, I think it's it's probably stories that are primarily about women that are late 50s and older maybe even older than that so so let's is it possible that like if you watched a movie with Goldie Hawn from like the 70s like Foul Play oh, and then put, she could th- she now. could then she could then also be if she th- then like a movie like First Wives Club could be in that category but not a previous Goldie Hawn movie absolutely correct yes because I okay. did watch First Wives Club and I ranked that, I called that a comedy subgenre, women of a certain age. Gotcha. Um, but foul play. I totally guessed that, by the way. I, Nancy sent me just the list of movies. <laughs> she did not give me the entire probably like five gig spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted there to be an element of surprise. Like, I didn't want you to know everything. I was, and some of this is kind of personal, you know. I don't necessarily need all of this stuff out there. Um, but, I, but Matt, I, I, did, I did gift Matt an alphabetized list of all the movies and the year that they came out just so he would not confuse a movie that maybe has a fairly generic title with a different one. Um, Foul Play, I had the primary genre as comedy, but the subgenre was a thriller. But that could also Mm. be Cat and Mouse. I could probably even update that to Cat and Mouse. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, let's talk about um, some new movies that you watched. Um, What were, like, the top five new movies that you watched this year? Um, before I even pull up my list, the first one that I'm going to say is um, Sleeping with Other People with Allison Brie and Jason Sudeikis. It's basically like a more current version and a raunchier version of When Harry Met Sally. It's very, very oh, okay. similar to that. And everyone listening probably knows When Harry Met Sally is my favorite movie. So um, Sleeping with Other People, in fact, I watched that twice Hamilton, um, I don't think that officially counts as a movie, but I don't care. I did count it as a movie, and it was, like, almost three hours long, the production. You're talking about the, the Disney Plus, yes. like, like recording of it? That that changed my, my life. Like, I watched that on 4th of July weekend. Like, on 4th of July, it felt very kind of appropriate with, you know, what that movie's about, what that story's about. And I've listened to the Hamilton soundtrack I don't know, hundred times since then. I mean, oh wow, I, I love it so much, and I'm so glad I finally got to enjoy it. Um, another huge surprise for me, which was a new movie that I, for me, I had never seen Good Morning Vietnam, and oh, that movie came out in '86. It's a comedy. It's a Vietnam War movie, obviously. Robin Williams, and I love that movie so much. I actually downloaded um, Robin Williams saying. Good morning, Vietnam, in his little radio call as an alarm sound for me on my phone. (laughs) Um, I loved it. I, in fact, I want to own it. I loved it so much. Um, Jojo Rabbit came out last year, and I finally Mm -hmm. and I watched it this summer, and I really liked it. That I categorize that as period piece subgenre Nazis. Oh, I have Nazis yeah, as totally. a subgenre. Well, that's good that because if you're ever movie. curious, yeah. you know, I actually um, I started watching that movie. Unfortunately, when I get to watch some movies, I'm watching them late at night because it's like after my son has gone to bed and I've worked a full day and I'm dead tired and I fell asleep during it. But it also started to get kind of it's sad kind of parents. intense and dark. Yes. Yeah. And um so because of that, I have not finished watching it. And it's no disrespect okay. to the movie. It's just that um, 
I have not had a chance to pick it up. And as you mentioned, it's kind of sad for parents. So at that point, I was kind of like, yeah, I need to be in the right mindset to really watch this. And this past year was not a great mindset for most people. So, (laughs) well, that's, that's, that's another reason why like doing this project was interesting for me. It was like, what can I find that will truly be like an escape? And there were some struggles with some of that, you know, I mean, there, you know, there was a lot of stuff that happened this year. Um, you know, I had like an uptick in kind of like Black Lives Matter movies that I thought to watch this year just because it was like, OK, I finally should watch Selma. Um, I haven't watched Do the Right Thing in 10, 15 years. Let me rewatch that. Let me rewatch Boys in the Hood. Let me watch um, Amistad for the first time. Like there was like a whole section of movies like that Marshall that Chadwick Boseman was in. Um, so I had like a whole. Did you watch Black Klansman? Yes, that was one of the first ones I did. Um, Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan, where he's an attorney helping um, get Jamie Lee, Jamie Fox off of a death sentence. Um, but that, you know, I don't know if I necessarily would have watched as many of those movies if all the stuff that had happened this year hadn't exploded. Uh, well, I mean, we watched... I mean, I don't think we would have chosen to watch Contagion for the podcast. Agreed. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for Contagions. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I ended up watching a lot of Steven Soderbergh movies that I didn't expect to, because um, he's directed a lot of stuff. But other movies that were some of my favorites that were new to me this year were um, the rom-com subgenre music. Um, Juliet Naked with Ethan Hawke and Rose Byrne. I loved that movie. Um, that was a good movie. I saw that. I, I watched it three times, and I, I watched it twice in a short amount of per- time recently because it was leaving the service. So I was like, okay. And I couldn't. There's so many great songs, and it was like I kind of had the song still in my head. I was like, okay, let's watch that again. Um, Ford versus Ferrari was a lot of fun. That was with... Um, Christian Bale and Matt Damon, and that was really, really great to watch. Um, we have a big TV. I don't necessarily watch everything on that TV, but to, it felt like being in the theater, having in all the race cars. But yeah, there's there's a lot of great stuff. Um, I just watched a movie on the last day of the year um, called Woman in Gold, also a biopic, subgenre Nazis. With Helen Mirren, where <laughs> oh yeah, where, where, with Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Where is that, her, yeah, I've been wanting to watch that because so I great. love Helen Mirren. Well, she's she's great. I mean, I, I watched a handful of her movies this year, and um, that movie's a lot of fun because I also really like art. Um, so to mm-hmm. just kind of have this whole story where, um, you know, in Austria, the Nazis just kind of came in and ransacked lots and lots of homes of their artwork and never returned it to the families, and this one woman whose aunt is the subject of the woman in gold painting. So she was mm. able to get that back after lots of Gustav Klimt? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's great. It's it's really, really good. Um, one, one really great documentary I watched, um, I ended up watching 18 documentaries this year, and eight of them actually came out in 2020. Um, mm. Makes sense that the more accessible documentaries would probably be more contemporary. But um, one of the, my favorite ones, and this actually came out in 2014, is called Life Itself. I just watched it a couple weeks ago about Roger Ebert, and this was um, towards the end of his life and after he'd had all the horrible, like, surgeries and stuff and had didn't have a lower jaw anymore. Um, anyways, I felt like he and I are kind of kindred spirits because of all the movies that he watched, and a lot of the times after I've watched a movie or before I watch a movie... I'll go on IMDb and see, is there a Roger Ebert review out there for it? Like, how did he rate it? And I don't necessarily read it until after I've watched it, because these reviews are full of spoilers. So, but it was a really, really great documentary, and I felt like I understood his process a lot more, and I was really impressed, so. So, um... Early, uh, a few moments ago, you mentioned that you had watched a bunch of Helen Mirren movies. Mm-hmm. What actor or actress did you did you watch the most? I can't categorically say for sure. I was doing kind of like a a cursory calculation of this the other day, but I'm fairly certain it's Robert De Niro. 
Um, Meryl Streep, I thought, would have been the leader of the pack, and I think I'm going to actively correct that for 2021. But Robert De Niro, I think maybe by one movie. There's like eight or nine movies with Robert De Niro, I think seven with Meryl, Meryl Streep. But we had, I also had a lot of movies with... Richard Gere. I watched like seven Richard Gere movies, which didn't even include wow. Pretty Woman. Um, wow. Let's Sean Penn, five movies of his. Dustin Hoffman, I had like six or seven movies. Michelle Pfeiffer, I watched six of her movies. Did not even rewatch Grease 2, and I still watched six Michelle Pfeiffer movies. Um, I don't think I've counted them all, but of course, Meg Ryan. Um, and I watched a lot of Meg Ryan just towards the end of the year. I didn't even really pick her up until, I think, the fall. Like, October, I think, was when I finally started digging into my Meg Ryan catalog. I watched a lot of Robin Williams in a bunch, so it made me think that I'd seen more of his movies than I did, but it turns oh. out I only watched five of his movies, and there's so many more of his catalog that I've never seen that I want to watch. But Just ha- thinking of like cont- of, like, actors of, like, our day and age... I mean, like other, you know, like Jimmy Stewart was like would would probably be like a big actor yeah. for a certain age group of, you know, because when when a bulk of his movies were coming out and everything. But for us, I would probably say like Tom Hanks. Well, Tom Hanks is also somewhere. is another another name that's on here a lot. Harrison Ford. Now, granted, yeah. I watched a couple of um, Star Wars movies and I watched Indiana Jones and What Lies Beneath for our podcast. So a lot of our podcast episodes included some Harrison Ford movies. But I, I'm, that's going to be another thing when I do this for 2021 is I'm going to be more active in making sure I jot down um, who's in movies and log that as well. Like, I think Bill Murray is actually in a lot of the movies I watched, in fact. Oh, and Kate Blanchett, she shows up a bunch. Um, yeah, looking at your list, I saw you watched both Elizabeth movies. Not great. And... You know they're okay. No. I mean, I find them. I f- I found them entertaining when I watched them, but yeah. I don't think I would watch them again. But then you know, yeah. like you look at other movies that she's done, like like Blue Jasmine, which is like a, a newer movie, or um, Carol. Carol. Carol was that. another one I had watched this year. Did you and did you watch that this year? Yeah. Jessica Chastain is another person who shows up on my list a lot. I didn't get a chance to fill in every name on here that I wanted to, so it's a little lacking. Um, That's okay. I mean, it's just kind of interesting to see, like, in in the course of watching a year's worth of movies, you know, especially movies that we would pay attention to because of our generation, Mm -hmm. you know, what actors really kind of stand out and, you know, who who is considered kind of like... Not just someone who is great, but also someone who makes quality work that you would either want to rewatch or go out to watch. But then you have actors who are not that great that just make a ton of movies just because it's what they do. It's their job. You know, I mean, you probably, you know, if you were to look at it, some people just go out and they're like, I'm going to watch every Nicolas Cage movie. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, he's done a ton of movies, not all that you would want to go out and watch, probably. Wow. He's not my favorite, so. Wow. So, speaking of, you're talking about, like, movies that, um, like, would be coming out recently. I did do a breakdown by decade, how many movies I watched out of each decade. So, okay. let, me sh- let me share this with you. Um, from the 80s, I watched 56 movies. From the 90s, 83. From the 2000s, so 2000 to 2000, through 2009, 60. And then the decade I watched the most movies from was the most recent, so from the 2010 through 2019. And I ended up watching 15 movies that came out in 2020. But here's what really surprised me. I watched seven movies from the 70s, and I only watched six movies from the 40s through the 60s. And all of the movies that I watched before 1980, I had re- I were all rewatches. I did not watch oh, a wow. single new movie. So, listeners, this is part of my new project: is actively watching movies I'd never seen before that came out before 1970. Actually, before 1980, but prim- really try to focus before 1970 because 
there's a million movies out there. Like I could do a whole Hitchcock catalog. I could do lots yeah. of the big musicals that I've never seen or just go through and look for the best picture winners from the 40s, 50s, oh, and yeah. 60s. And that would keep me really busy. Um, yeah. In fact, just today. So I'm currently on pace at one a day right now. I've watched three movies in 2021. And I watched um, Funny Girl with Barbara Streisand and Omar Sharif. It's a musical, and it wasn't in my list. It wasn't on my Netflix queue, and I don't know why. Uh, I was surprised, but I know I'd thought about it before. I recognized some of the songs from Glee. I was very excited <laughs> because uh, Rachel, Rachel from uh, Glee liked to cover a lot of Barbra Streisand. But that was great. And I'm like, all right, movie from the 60s. It was an award winner. Not that that's not that I'm like a total snob and I only want to watch award winners, but typically award winner movies are, you know, there's a reason they get nominated for things. Right. So, um, but anyways, that that really became like the biggest revelation for me. It was like, holy shit! Like, I done. I didn't really actively seek out any movies or that many movies before 1980. Like the small handful from the 70s. It was like. Okay. Like, it just wasn't even that many. So I really want to make a concerted effort to watch a lot more movies that are from before the 80s. Well, um, one I thing I wanted to... <laughs> I think that's fascinating. I yeah. mean, I agree. There's a lot of, like, movies... Like, I'll look up an actor. Like, I want to be like, you know, what else has this actor been in? Um, like, as I had mentioned, I I have this desire to, at some point watch more movies by Helen Mirren just because I have this fascination with Helen Mirren. And then there's like movies that like, like there's a movie I should probably have seen because I'm such a nerd, um, Excalibur. And I didn't know she was in that, but she's in that. And I'm like, Oh, I could watch that. But then you start going, then you start looking at early movies that, um, actors that you like have done. I mean, you could do that with Dustin Hoffman. I mean, he was in The Graduate, and what other early like seventies movies was he in that you haven't seen? You know, stuff yeah. like that. And then, but then there's great actors like we I, we had mentioned like um, Jimmy Stewart or Cary Grant or you know Gregory Peck. a bunch of different Gregory Peck that you know we could go back and look at their catalog and be like, oh yeah, they were in this, and yep. you know why am I not exposing myself to this? Or like you said, there's a huge Hitchcock catalog that you can look at. Yep. Um, and some of those older movies, you know, have been remade and we don't even know they've been remade because yeah. no one references them. And, and or they're just, you know, we've noticed that newer movies are just ripping them off, you know, so. It, something that really made me think about that before even compiling the data was um, I listened to a Mark Marin podcast episode with John Cusack the other day. And he was mm. talking about when he did The Sure Thing that that's actually a remake of a um, Clark Gable movie called It Happened One Night. So I was thinking, huh, well, maybe that would be a good one. To, or maybe it'd be fun to watch those two oh, back yeah. to back to see how similar or different they feel. And yeah. I, I have had an issue where um, sometimes pacing in older movies is a little slow for me, but... I know you. Do, we all know that you do not care for long movies. Oh. I have to really want to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will... I won't not watch a movie if it's long. I mean, the movie I watched earlier today, um, Funny Girl, was two and a half hours long, but it actually really swept me. It was good pacing. Yeah, it was really good pacing, and probably because it's a musical, too. It was easier for me to, you know, get into it. But, like, for example, You've Got Mail is a remake. It's a remake of a Jimmy Stewart movie called Shop Around the Corner. I can't get into shop around the corner. It's too boring. It feels like a stage play to me and it's just not for me. And that's fine. Cause not every movie's for everybody. I mean, it's okay. Right. But I feel like I need to really be more open and really give some older movies a shot and just, you know, get more exposed and why not? And I, I'm concerned that it's going to be harder to track some of these down. Like, we absolutely have, we have yeah. Turner Classic Movies as one of our um, just normal channels, and they are notoriously um, mean because they'll only show a movie once and then it goes away for like a year or two. So I was actually looking online earlier. It looks like they posted their whole month catalog 
you know, like all their, their whole schedule for the month. So I think, um, I, you know, I jotted down about 10, 15 movies that are going to be in, out in January that would be good to maybe record and just I think, watch at some point. I think Time Warner now owns or owns the, the catalog that Turner Classic Movies goes to. So I think a lot of those movies are on HBO Max. So you know, you're right. There are a lot of older at. movies on HBO Max now. So, I mean, it's just a matter of staying aware of what's out there. I right. mean, I looked right. at I looked at our Voodoo account that I have that we use, and there are 90 movies that came out that you guys have that are before the 80s. So, right. I mean, that would be another place for me to just start is like dig in to the Voodoo account and see what's there and. Like I've never seen Casablanca. I've never seen Gone with the Wind. That's not true. You and I watched Casablanca at a family friend's house. That it, was how I watched it. It's funny you say that because I talked to mom earlier and I told her I said I'm not going to count that time that we watched it and I fell asleep when I was a little kid because <laughs> I didn't really remember watching it. Like it deserves a rewatch if nothing else. But I so. <laughs> I I I understand where you're coming from, but I'm still counting me as seen it because I you know don't watch everything. <laughs> no, I will rewatch that movie and and I'll and other Bogart movies and um so kind of uh wrapping things up here because I'm sure we could go on. Well, I have another big thing I want to share with you because you haven't asked okay. me yet. Go ahead. You haven't asked me about my ranking system and if I have numbers to provide you which of course i do okay well why don't you go through and tell us about how you ranked these movies and then give us like your top 10 okay well i'll start with the good news and work my way down towards the bad news Um, so the good news is i ranked three movies five stars now only three I, so I'm, this this I'm, is a strict rating system. Yeah, I'm a conservative. I'm, whenever I do like a lot of these things, like a lot of polls or whatever, it's hard for me to strongly agree or strongly disagree with things. Like I moderately agree or moderately disagree or I'm neutral on a lot of things. So there's lots of halves. <laughs> well, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because it's like <laughs> I have so so. And and I wasn't informed of this until Uh-oh. later in my life. Uh-oh. So I have that same kind of strictness when it comes to things. So, like, whenever I would do surveys mm-hmm. of, like, service that I would get at, like, car dealerships or uh, online surveys about, like, service people or people helping me or anything like that, I always gave someone like a four instead of a five because I always kind of felt like, well, yeah, I mean, they, they did their job and everything, but it wasn't like, there's always room for improvement. (laughs) Yeah. So then, so then, so I did that once when buying a car and that person that I had rated called me (laughs) and was like, why didn't you give me a five? And I explained to him. And what I didn't understand was if you do not give service people, especially at car dealerships, a perfect score, they get in trouble. It's like it's a five or nothing. Mm. And when I found that out, I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't need to think I'm that, you know, that important (laughs) and not really give a shit and then just give people fives, whether. So it really should be a pass fail (laughs) kind of system. Do you want to hear? I I only gave three movies five stars. And those three movies, and you'll be really happy with one of these. So the first one I wanted to give five stars to was Hamilton. Because, again, that changed my life. Second one, When Harry Met Sally. And third one, Star Wars New Hope. I mean, for me, that's also, uh, you know, that's so foundational to our lives. And, you know, so there's that. I gave 22 movies... 4.5, 4.5, and I'll just tell you a couple of them. Included The Karate Kid, The Godfather, Tootsie, You've Got Mail, Lars and the Real Girl. We haven't really talked about that movie much. Um, our friend on the other podcast loves that movie. It's his favorite movie. His yeah. favorite movie, and I love that movie, too. I've only seen it a couple of times, but it's an incredibly beautiful, emotional movie. It's so great. Um, the Blythe Danner Women of a Certain Age category movie I talked about earlier. I'll see you in my dreams. I gave that four and a half stars. 
Moving on to our four-star category, I gave 108 movies four stars. So that was like your mo- probably your most popular score, like rating. That and 3.5, uh, 110 that are 3.5 and 108 that are four. So depending on my mood, there are probably a couple I could have moved one way or the other. Um, gotcha. Some of them in the four category, um, Mary Poppins, um, Romancing the Stone, which we talked about. Um, a movie I just saw for the first time not long ago. While it's a four, which means I would be up for rewatching it, it is a very heavy movie, so I don't know. But um, Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise about being in Vietnam. Um, point Break. <laughs> uh, Malcolm X. Original. I, yeah. Point. Uh, Malcolm X. I finally watched that this year. Um, a surprise for me because I always had a little, little kind of concern about it because it's Clint Eastwood, but. It also has Meryl Streep, my uh, Bridges of Madison County. That movie is beautiful. I mean, I don't really buy him as a love interest for her because he's kind of older and scraggly looking, but he's a photographer. So, like, you see all of this, like, really beautiful countryside in Indiana. It's so, it, it checks off so many boxes for me. So that movie was a big surprise for me. Um, so what were some of the what were some of the worst movies then that you watched? Okay, so now we're going to the <laughs> two point five to one point five and zero. Now, luckily, the combined total of those sad little categories, the stinkers, the stinkers, the total number of stinkers that I watched, which means I will never rewatch these again unless I'm absolutely forced to, is um, forty one. And out of all the movies I watched this year, I mean, pretty good. Um, some of them that hovered in the two category are um, Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. Not, I'm not going to argue with you. I don't you. really plan on rewatching that again. I love the I love the final scene, but I can't do midichlorians. Midichlorians are too much for me. <laughs> Um, I'm actually, I'm, I, it's funny you mention that is because, um, I finally got my son to kind of watch some of the star Wars movies. He's now watched all of the original trilogy and the second half of rogue one. And he was like really kind of into it. And I've decided like he will probably really like phantom menace Yeah, because of the racing there's a, and there's a kid in it, yeah. and you've got silly Jar Jar Binks, and you know all of us original fans are probably are all rolling our eyes. Yeah. But as a new young kid watching that movie, he will probably really like it. Yeah. So we'll see. So the movies that we so movies that we didn't cover on the podcast because we had a few stinkers on the podcast episodes that we covered this year that I complained about plenty. Um, but a couple that we didn't talk about that I put 2.5. This movie came out called A Simple Favor with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. It was supposed to be good. Like, it was on every streaming service. And I watched it. I'm like, eh. I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. Blake Lively's kind of a hard sell for me. Not my favorite actress. We, we watched it. I didn't it. like it. Um, if it wasn't for Anna Kendrick being in it, I probably wouldn't have watched that movie at all. Yeah. So that that's on my 2.5. Um, let's see. Donnie Brasco. That was a rewatch from back in the day. And I'm like, okay, that's gangsters. It's cops. It's Johnny Depp and Al Pacino. Johnny Depp before he really? went I didn't. I don't want to watch it again. It was slow. It was boring. I mean, Bruno Kirby's really great in it. Everything else about it's pretty dumb. I I'll admit I've only watched that movie all the way through once, and every time you know, every time, I, I never like I it. never think of one, I never think of rewatching it. So I'm like, did I like it or did I like it? But I would never rewatch it again. Yeah. Um, a new movie that came out just a couple of years ago with Julia Roberts and Lucas Hedges. You'd think this would be a movie I'd like. It's got the categories recovery and family, so like drugs. It's called Ben is back. Not good. It didn't know what it wanted to do. I, I don't ever want to watch it again. So now we're going to get to even worse than these movies. My my The movies I rated at a two. Did you give anything one or zero stars? Yes. <laughs> so you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Cate Blanchett, Elizabeth, The Golden Age. That sucker is a two for me. The it's Genre is period piece. It's subgenre for me. 
boring. <laughs> I, ser- I love that. I, I love that you have a boring subject. I seriously, I had to. In fact, I have a total number of movies. I, I have a total of six movies that I categorized as boring. And they range so, from 1.5 to 2.5. And I just I couldn't do Like, What Lies Beneath? You'll agree that deserves subgenre yeah. boring. It's like it's a thriller, yeah. but it's boring. Um, yeah. It's not that thrilling. <laughs> oh, a movie I just watched like the very end of the year, The Witches with Angelica Houston, and it's like a Jim Henson movie. I thought it was supposed to be so great. They did a remake of it with Anne Hathaway. I hated it. I was so bored. That I, that got one point five for me. Like I couldn't do it. There was wow. nothing. Like I just couldn't do it. Um, oh. Oh, a new movie. This one I promised I wanted to talk about, too. A new movie I saw this year. I just couldn't do it. It's called The Assistant. The girl that's in Ozark. I can't remember her name. Julia something. um, Tight, curly, blonde hair. Anyways, it was supposed to be this great, like, Harvey Weinstein kind of Me Too, working in Hollywood kind of commentary. It sucked. It was so slow and slow, so boring. And it really, like, for me, like, I was the right person to watch it because I thought, like, that would have made sense for me, but no. All right, so. Now, uh, before, not not to interrupt you, but Nancy has this wonderful term that she uses when she wants to describe something as not good, and it's called... It's two turds. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are any, so these are now like the two turd movies. Oh yeah. 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 So, um, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned it when we had other podcasts. I probably mentioned it when I watched it cause it was just so frustrating and I should have liked it, but I can't handle it. I hated my cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny gets 1.5 stars for me. Like I'll give it 1.5 stars just for Marissa Tomei, but everything else about it, I hated it. Maybe I'm just not the right age. Like, maybe I needed to see it in the 90s, but I hated it. So my cousin Vinny, 1.5 stars. I finally watched Wet Wet Hot American Summer from 2001. I couldn't do it. It just isn't for me. Like, again, comedy's challenging for me. I get it. Like, I can be really picky with comedy, but it just wasn't for me. And I know it's been so overhyped all these years. So that's another bad one. Oh, so Richard Gere's on my list a lot, as I mentioned. But he's in one of my 1.5 horrible movies called Autumn in New York with Winona Ryder. It's like this romance but horrible tragedy. And, yeah, I never, ever need to see it again. Um, I gave your Dragon Slayer a 1.5. And I also subcategorized okay. that as boring. You're... I'm going to stop recording Sorry. right now. That's just okay, freaking but, terrible. But that I think movie is that is that movie is at least a three. Come on, for you, it's but at not least, for me. I will still. I'll let you. I'll let you keep the boring category, but you still got to give it at least a three. Matt, <laughs> Matt, some of the movies that I put on the list, like both Young Guns one and two, I put it a two. I didn't. So that means wow. I don't really want to see those yeah. again. But I know yeah. you've been waiting. You've been itching to hear what the movie I hated the most was. Are you ready? What movie in 2020 movie project got the, was the absolute worst? At a zero, a zero. Nicolas Cage in eight millimeter. It is <laughs> the worst movie. It's had so much potential because it had Joaquin Phoenix. It had James Gandolfini. Oh, it was the worst movie. It was so bad. I mean, September 13th, I never I can never get that day back. I can never get that, <laughs> those hours back in my life. It came out in 1999 and you know, again, it's just been I mean, I called this genre the main genre was thriller, the subgenre horrible. I mean, that's I hated that movie so much. It was awful. I mean, and I know it's not helpful and it's not constructive to just say mean, nasty things about movies. I'm sure there's people that like things that we don't like, of course, because we're all unique people. But of course. this movie was just the worst. <laughs> 
So, and you guys need to know that when I was putting the spreadsheet together, it was at that moment when I was doing the ranking. So I did all the rankings yesterday. I did not do them like months ago or right when I saw them. Like I've had, so for some of these movies, I've had a lot of time to think about them again. Like what would I, what would I really think about these? And it's like, yeah, zero. Well, and I think that's important because like, there's times where I've gone to the theater and been like, wow, I was really mesmerized by this movie. And then, like, I think about it later. I was like, man, that movie was terrible. Like, I've, I've, I've discovered that sometimes if I'm explaining a movie to someone, if I have to overly explain it, like, I have to go into so much detail to explain it. Like, sometimes that might mean, like, maybe this movie isn't very good. Like, if I have to overly explain this film to someone to get them to want to watch it then maybe it's not very good (laughs) so matthew i think i'm going to earn some points back from my um you know you getting mad at me over dragon slayer because i have something to tell you so i don't know if you remember on new year's eve like i had this i was going to watch like six movies that day because i wanted to get like make my total as high as possible oh i thought it was because you were you were doing your homework last minute no it wasn't that but (laughs) i rewatched gladiator I gave it a three. Why? I gave it a three. It's so bad. You know what? Great. Best picture, my ass. You know what? I mean. so bad. I think, okay, I can explain why I think watching it now is very different than watching it when it came out. Now, first off, one of my favorite facts about this movie, Russell Crowe with his beard is like beard zero. That's when, like, the leading man having a beard became fashionable in 2000 was his beard in that movie. So points for him. Cause I like guys with beards, but next we have had so many years now of these TV shows that we watch with so much fricking violence all the time, like game of Thrones, like game of Thrones being mm-hmm. so bloody, lots of swords and this and that gladiator. It's kind of boring in that regard. And it's long and it was just, I don't know. Like I couldn't get into it. The second time I was yeah. I think I was watching I, my I've phone more than I was movie. watching the movie. So I thought I was going to like it more on a rewatch. And it was like, eh. although I had remembered thinking that Joaquin Phoenix looked very bloated and big. But no, he wasn't. He was he was just not as rail thin as he had been through, like, all the 90s. I will say that the <laughs> only thing that was good to come out of that movie is that really launched Joaquin Phoenix, I think, in, in like into like another level, as like an adult actor, as like an adult actor, and everything, and and I don't even really like him in that movie, but I'm glad that his career got to take off mm-hmm. after it because he's gotten to do um, some really good work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought you so would appreciate that. I do change of opinion. That. I was like, as soon as I was done, I was like. I can't wait to tell Matt. I have to tell Matt. <laughs> so what was the very last movie you watched? When Harry Met Sally. And I timed it out. And it just worked out this way because of how long Gladiator was. Because we had like a big family phone call that day. Like just the timing of everything. I finished watching that movie with three minutes left of the year. And was able to watch the ball drop for the last three minutes of... 2020 and the movie ends on new year's eve so right, right. yeah kind of intentional but i didn't think it was really going <clears> to <throat> get pushed to that close to the end but yeah well i mean even if it went past it you know you you started watching it and yeah. that's okay it's yeah. not like you had to make sure that you finished it within yeah. the gonna, calendar nothing year. was going to turn into a pumpkin or anything like that it was midnight. still it was still it was still like nine o'clock in Hawaii or something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> I think it's actually only two hours behind. I don't think they celebrate. They don't, they don't observe daylight savings. So I think they're only two hours behind us right now. I was looking that up the other day. I, I have no idea. Anyway. Well, so this everybody is kind of a Cliff's notes version of what I did from May to now. Well, I, I think it's an, a very um, interesting challenge that you put yourself through and a good and and definitely a, um, a fun uh, a fun thing to talk about. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about movies and 
you know, just your dedication to the podcast alone is is quite a lot. And I thought found your dedication to this project um, as you were doing it um, admirable and sometimes insane. Yes. But um, <laughs> but um, I also know you, so I know like yeah. you're like, oh no, I'm I'm, I'm going to do this. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to let this fail. We've already mentioned it on the podcast, so I cannot screw this up. <laughs> well, our listeners need to know that. I mean, there are many times where I'll watch a movie and I'll text you and your wife about whatever movie I'm watching. So it's not like you guys weren't aware of like my crazy volume or I'll text you like I'm on my third movie today or whatever. I'm also going to I'm also going to add that during this whole project you also picked up watching all of Cobra Kai. Oh, I did. Yeah. That only took a day. In the middle of that, this. That took a day. Yeah, That's but still. Me. And I'm currently still. trying to power through watching the tutors and I'll get that done. No, I that was actually something um so I should announce what I'm doing for 2021. Um I am doing this again. My my reasonable self is going to do 365, but my crazy self might aim for 500 <laughs> or 400. Wow. Maybe, maybe 400 would make more sense because as mom asked me this morning, she goes, how are you ever going to watch like television shows? And I said, well, I said, when you think about it, it's like if I did 500, that's almost 10 movies a week, every week, which... You know, we already do at least we don't record every single week, but, you know, we're you'd already count Still some two. Of, yeah, yeah. So that's podcast yeah. movies and all that. But, yeah, we'll see how things go. I mean, I may get burned out on doing this. Who knows? But there's now that I've kind of created this record keeping element and then this whole kind of wait a second. I haven't seen that many movies before 1980. Like I need to yeah. correct quickly rectify that. And may, maybe that'll be something you and I do, Matt. Maybe we'll have a one-off episode every now and then of a, of a new movie to us, but that's an old movie that we both decide to pick up and just do a review on that or something. Who knows? So, so do you think I could get you to watch some more David Lynch then? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I have some David Lynch that I want to watch. Oh yeah. That's not a problem. From what I've nice. been told, Lost Highway was one of the strangest movies to start me on. That's like, I should have had, I should have That's had like, like the middle road. They yeah. get weirder beyond and more watchable before. <laughs> Eight millimeter was way worse than Lost Highway. Like at some point I could rewatch Lost Highway. Thank you listeners. But eight I, millimeter, I, <laughs> no. Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate that. Serious. No, I thought about that this morning. I'm like, yeah, I could do Lost Highway again, not eight millimeter. Sorry. That's right. Nancy, thank you for, for telling us all about this project. And um, listeners, just so you know, I, we will be posting um, Nancy's list of movies on our website. Uh, for you to to take a look at, um, we'll probably just do the alpha one with the yeah. year oh, on yeah. it, so people can look at it. And then um, over time, we will be posting some some stuff about like Nancy's top five from each decade, top five from different genres, yeah. whether she made them up or not. Top five Nazi movies, <laughs> not top five boring, because obviously. Those aren't good. <laughs> Who wants to watch those? Well, we could put two turds on the graphic. <laughs> Which would just be the emoji or whatever. But um, I think it's, you know, it's a fun, fun, lot of fun. And, um, you know, it just kind of goes to show, you know, in a time like we had to go through this year. And, you know, it looks like we will be, even with vaccines and everything, we will be going through a lot of this, you know, through this year. And hopefully by... Christmas this year we can have a normal Christmas or whatnot. Yeah. But movies are something that, you know, can get us through tough times mm -hmm. and get us through stress and get our mind off of reality or sometimes increase our anxiety depending on what movie you're watching. And you know, I think that um that's part of the reason why we've powered through doing this show throughout the throughout the year and uh we'll continue doing it throughout the new year. Yep. We have a lot of fun things planned again this year, and um, we hope that you guys stick around and listen to us. And we thank you for for taking the time to to pay attention to 
the words coming out of our mouth. So. And thank you, Matt, for letting me kind of just spend an hour going over all this because, again, it, it, it was like a labor of love. I mean, I, it was kind of a crazy day yesterday putting it all together, but I feel like it's it's kind of interesting, you know, and I, I hope I hope our listeners do find it kind of amazing. Like, holy crap, I can't believe you could watch all those movies. And, and it really wasn't even a year. It was more like five, yeah. you know, more like se- seven months or something. But regardless, yeah. uh, we're st- I started on day one this year, so I don't have any making yeah. up to do. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much, Nancy. Uh, my name is Matthew. My name is Nancy. Mm-hmm. This has been Fighting Over the VCR. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.